Hello everyone, I'm Nathan. Everyone's introducing themselves, it's good. I'm Nathan, I'm one of the uh, leaders here actually. I pastor this church with a great team. And um, we're continuing our series in discipleship. Um, just must say, it's great to see so many new faces here. It's really lovely. Uh, so glad you can be amongst us. This is the best place you can be on a Sunday morning, I'm telling you. God heals and God saves and restores and you've already seen a few change lives. I tell you, he can do that for you this morning. And uh, so I want you to be really open to what the Lord might say to you this morning. Now, have you ever had people come to you and tell you about that they've gone to the gym and they've done a really fierce workout and they've come out feeling energised? Or you might bump into Keith after he's come back from a run and go, I feel so refreshed and revitalized. (laughs) Or, well, actually, this week uh, I met a guy from the food bank called Bob uh, at nine o'clock in the morning and he kind of said, I've got to go to the Riverbourne now and I'm going to go for a swim. He looked a bit forlorn, he didn't look too happy about it. And I sort of said, you don't worry, you're going to be really set up for the day. You're going to be energised and raring to go. He said, I think I'll go home to bed to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> so it is actually true that f- regular physical exertion gives you energy and uh, boosts uh, your energy and reduces fatigue. I'd understand it. Um, I've had it happen maybe once or twice in my life where I felt good after a bit of exercise. But... Um, <laughs> I believe the Bible teaches us a way where we can work, rest, and play. Some of you, if you're over 20, might recognize that's from a Mars advert. (laughs) In one simple activity, you can do all three, and you will be energized, and you will be uh, given rest. Unfortunately, it's not through eating a Mars but I believe it's found in the Bible. And we're going to read where I think we can learn something today. From Matthew, Matthew 11, verse 25 to 30. Look it up on your phone or on your Bible if you have one. So I'll read from verse 25, Matthew 11. At that time, Jesus said, Praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you are pleased to do. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Verse 28. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. So this interesting passage is hopefully what we're going to learn about finding rest. So the first bit says, come to me. Now from the beginning of our kind of discipleship walk... That is the invitation to come to Jesus. And we heard it earlier. Uh, in fact, I think Jesus demanded that, that he came to him, blind Bartimaeus. And 
It's the essence of our faith, isn't it? Coming to Jesus and putting our trust in him. It's, but from this point, I want to make it clear, it's not about coming to church. It's not about coming to this building or, or coming to a people who follow Jesus. It's, it's not about following a new set of moral beliefs. It's not about uh, just meeting in a trendy coffee shop, the latest trend of way to do church. It's not about any of these things. It's not just enjoying to coming along to listen to the upbeat music. These all things are good. But I want to tell you, we must come to Jesus, the person of Jesus. The Son of God, the third person of the Trinity. This is who we come to. All the other things are listed at some point will disappoint, will not quite meet the mark, will not fulfill your deepest need and longing. I praise God that we have to come to Jesus. I was um, just considering when we say this phrase, come to Jesus, what that actually means. Because it rolls off the tongue very easy. But actually, if someone came in off the street and heard me say, come to Jesus, how would they respond? Would they know what to do? Just spend a minute imagining that that person has come in off the street and sat down next to you and talk to your partner, the person sat next to you, and say, what does it mean to come to Jesus? Do that now. Just say, what does it mean to come to Jesus? How do you explain that to someone, to come to Jesus? Obviously, at the time when Jesus said this, he was in person, and it was obvious for him to come to a physical person. But how do we do that now when we're encouraging people to come to Jesus? Discuss. <laughs> and if any of you have got the answers, come up here. Okay, I'll let you discuss that, continue to discuss that at a later time. I mean, a, few, a month ago, I, I even spoke on this again when Jesus called the first disciples. He said, come, follow me, I will make you fishers of men. Do you remember that in Matthew 4? And I think today, as we look at this passage, we're going to have similar themes of this initial kind of coming to join in the mission with God, subjects of sacrifice and training and obedience and mission. I was just thinking over the last 40 years, I must have attended and listened to nearly 2,000 sermons. Um, And you may have had more sermons in your life. There's probably more. Um, But I was just thinking, it occurred to me that if... If, have I practiced the knowledge that I have received from all of these sermons? 
Have I trusted all the promises that have been shared with me? Have I been obedient to all the commands that have been given to me? Or am I just constantly desiring after more knowledge, more knowledge? I want to just encourage us to practice what you've already learned. Practice what you've already heard. Practice what you already know of Jesus. Let's take stock of these words today. Maybe that's all you need to hear and respond to. Come to me. Come follow me. Before searching for anything else, maybe we do come up with lots of different solutions. As Raquel said, we go to different places, don't we? When we face issues, we go to family. We, maybe you just need to submit and come to Jesus. Making disciples and that's what we're talking about, always starts with coming to Jesus. It has to begin from this place. Mission always starts with coming to him. If it doesn't, we will quickly become weary and burdened. I kind of entitled my talk, Coming and Going. We come and we go. So let's get back to the passage. It says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Across the world, I imagine that there are many churches and people filled with burdens, overwhelmed with rules, religion, law, things to do. Maybe even in this church, you just feel burdened by the task of following Jesus. Maybe you always have this sense of, I could do better. I could try harder. I want to tell you that that is not God's way. This is not God's plan for you, for none of us. He has a much better way for each one of us. It was never the Father's plan that it would be like a, the slog of God. Or just grit your teeth, head down. He never wanted us to have that foreboding pressure of, I must witness. It was never his plan. Even this week, someone said to me, oh, I didn't manage to make the first discipleship course, but I was a little bit hesitant and anxious because I thought you were going to get us to go out door to door knocking or something. <laughs> and this, and sadly, we've got this wrong impression of what evangelism is. And I'm sorry if we've had any part to play in that because this is not God's plan. The Jews felt overwhelmed and inadequate because of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law loading on them laws that they must do this in order to come to God. Unnecessary, unachievable standards. So what's going to make the difference for us? Well, I think we can read it in this passage. So it says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. And we like that. That's a good thing, isn't it? We want to come to Jesus. We can prescribe to that. And then it takes a little bit of a gear change. I mean, like me, you probably think, yes, I'm going to come to Jesus. I'm going to rest my head on his bosom. He can maybe stroke my brow, maybe <laughs> massage my shoulders just to loosen the tension. We like this coming to Jesus idea. And... And this is what it's saying. But then, in verse 29, it says this. Take my yoke upon you. 
He hits us with this kind of weird agricultural symbol of work. So how can we understand this seemingly contradictory message? Well, firstly, it's his yoke. This is very different to the yoke of slavery that um, Paul talks of, that tells us not to be subject to. He says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. If it helps you to consider this yoke, maybe think of it carved out of the same crossbeam of the cross. This is the yoke that came from his cross where he defeated or the weight of sin, where he dealt with the bondage to slavery, where he removed all condemnation. When we identify with Jesus, his cross and what he did on the cross, his yoke on us becomes easy and light. We start to receive his righteousness, his grace each day. There's another interesting about being his yoke. It's his way. It's his plan. He actually places on us a bigger plan than you have for your lives. It's bigger than ourselves. On our own, we're just shuffling around trying to make an impression. But when we are joined with the Lord Jesus, we're pulling together. We're powerful. We're making deep furrows. We're pulling carts when you're working with the Lord Jesus. So his plans, I think someone said, actually, God is bigger than the boxes you have. God is bigger than your plans for your life. When we're yoked with the Lord Jesus, he has an amazing plan beyond your ability. So I want to say, if your yoke isn't easy, if what you're carrying is not light, it's not from him. It's not from him. It's come from somewhere else. He says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So what yoke are you wearing? Is it one of keeping up Christian appearances? Or like the Jews in this passage, trying to be like the so-called clever ones that understand all the Old Testament and the laws and the detail? Maybe you're, you're new amongst us. And you're just discovering Jesus. And you feel just a little bit overwhelmed and inadequate and out of your depth. Maybe, I know when I started a job in point of sale, which again, you might not even understand. There's a different language, isn't there? So I had loads of acronyms I had to try and learn. POS was the first one. EPOS. I don't know. I wrote them down. I couldn't remember them. It's such a long time ago. But but things like... uh, FMCG, SEL, and you know, people would use all these in one sentence, and I'd be going, and you may be uh, here this morning, and we use a lot of religious jargon, and you might think they might as well be just speaking in tongues constantly because I haven't a clue what they're talking about. So, even when it said, you know, come to Jesus, what does that actually mean? And so, we apologize, but the good thing is. It says in our passage, the Father has hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to little children. He's revealed these wonderful truths to little children. So come expectant to learn from the Lord Jesus. Come with simple trust, with an open ear to learn from him. 
So if your yoke on you is ill-fitting, if it is a man-made yoke, I urge you to replace it to one of grace. I urge you to not take on the yoke of you must do this, but just receive the yoke where Jesus says, it is done, I have finished the work, you do not need to do anything to add to this work. So thirdly, rest for your souls comes from working alongside Jesus. This is what the picture is of us being connected and joined with the Lord Jesus. So just like giving, uh, you know, for some of us, physical energy, you know, exerting physical energy gives us physical energy back. When we work with Jesus, he restores our soul and gives us spiritual energy back. I might ask you, how do you um, get life? How do you restore your uh, life and refresh your soul? And there may be lots of different answers. It may be that you go for a walk in the countryside, go for a bike ride, listen to classical music, bake, I don't know. But, and these are all good things. But unless... Christ is with you and you're joined to Christ. They are just momentary things. And Jesus has a way. He knows the best way for you to restore your soul, to refresh your soul. He knows how to feed your soul. And it's in these words, come to me and take my yoke upon you. The Bible says that he came that we might have life to the full. I want to tell you that pulling and ploughing with him is easy. It's light and easy. I believe if we're to know life to the full, it's not a separate occasion when you might think, I'm going to restore my soul in a quiet, contemplative, meditative place of worship and reading God's word. Yes, this is good. But I actually believe that through what God says in his word, he will restore your soul when you're walking alongside him, when you've taken his yoke upon you. I actually believe it's when we're witnessing that we can know refreshment to our soul. I think some of you may have even known that's where you have had opportunities to share Jesus with others and suddenly you come alive and you feel, this is what I've been made for. I had an opportunity that just this week, actually, at the food bank. Um, we just we pray for different people coming in. And there was just a moment with a guy we were talking to for some time, and he said he was in a dark place. And then we just had a few moments of just introducing Jesus to him through the Holy Spirit. And you could see the Holy Spirit coming on him. And he started weeping. And uh, for me, that, that's the most exhilarating part of my week. Seeing Jesus coming alongside someone. And, and that's what restores me and gives me peace. So, it's really important to understand how this works, isn't it? Because, we're, in fact, we might need some volunteers. I've got a bad shoulder. <laughs> um, why don't Eden come here and Keith come here? Please. 
So, if I, if I put them on the knees, they won't, you won't be able to see. Go on, go on your knees just briefly, next to each other. And look, this is how it works. There you go. Go down a bit, Eden. Oh, and you need to go a bit further apart, further apart, further apart. There we go. There we go. Look at that. That's super, isn't it? So, and this is how they pulled two oxen along. That's do great. You're great. That's fine. Well done. I would leave you there a lot longer. But a ripple of applause. Well done. But you saw they were side by side. And this is an image of us being side by side with Jesus. And when we're witnessing, it's so much easier when you know you've got the Lord Jesus next to you. And when you're living each day with the Lord Jesus next to you. How much easier is it if you want to just share something of Jesus with someone you meet and say, let me introduce Jesus to you. He's right beside me. He's right here with me. Can I share with you what he's like? If you want to pray healing for someone, you just say, can I just, can I just, I just want to talk to Jesus and just ask. He, he, he loves to heal people. I just want to pray that he would come now and heal you. That's much easier than thinking, oh, I, had, I talked to Jesus. And when did I talk to him? Uh, Sunday? Maybe this morning? Last week? He's encouraging us to be yoked to himself, that we walk daily with him. So as we go through life together, he's beside us. He gives us confidence. And the next thing is he, he kind of teaches us. We learn from him. Jesus went around doing what he saw the Father doing. And he continues to do that. But he's yoked with you. He's yoked with each one of us. And... and How we learn is because he actually takes the load. I heard this morning from Paul, apparently, they used to, with the oxen, they used to have a senior, more experienced oxen and then a younger oxen next to uh, them. And and this is how it worked. So Keith would be the senior, more experienced oxen. And he's he's slightly bigger than the younger, immature (laughs) oxen. And that's how you learn, isn't it? That's how you learn. Because you look up to this person and they take the load. They take, but you're, you move with them. They train you. you. You learn to walk in the same rhythm, in the same step, at the same speed. Um, you may be completely experienced, but Jesus is with you and he wants to show you how he listens to the Father and is obedient to the Father. And that's true for us as well. So let's continue to share our living experience with him in the present. Let's try and recall that we are yoked to him. We've come to him, we're yoked to him. And as Norbert said, ah, the testimony that touches us is the one that touches others. And if that's a living testimony, if that's a living story of this is how Jesus leads me. This is how Jesus has comforted me. This is how Jesus has brought me to this place. 
it's a living daily experience that you can share with others. Every other way of evangelism is exhausting because it's not his way. It's man-made efforts and schemes and plans. Phil Moore says of this uh, particular passage, he says this, human evangelistic initiatives, forgive the irony, are quite simply soul-destroying. Human cooperation with God's initiative, however, is empowered by the Spirit and refreshes us even as we serve. So let's be more aware of Jesus beside us than the lump of wood on our back. This becomes light. If, you actually, if the, the oxen is bigger than the, the, you know, the, the large experienced oxen is bigger than the, the one next to you, you're not actually going to feel the weight of this because it's on uh, someone's shoulders who are bigger than yours. And that is why the burden is light for us. It's his work. We submit and we obey. That's how it works. Have you ever thought about how carrying a, a yoke is actually quite similar to carrying a crossbeam of a cross, isn't it? And we're encouraged to take up our cross daily. Following Jesus involves complete surrender and submission to him, counting the cost of all that we might need to leave behind. If we choose not to sacrifice our sin, our rebellion, our willfulness, our selfishness, then the yoke does become heavy. Let us regularly offload and confess the sin at the cross of Christ and let him deal with it once and for all that we can be forgiven, set free, no longer under condemnation. Now, it's so important that we learn to walk and step with the Spirit and walk with the right rhythm, with the right pace, going in the right direction that he's going. Um, one image I had of this is a three-legged uh, race. Now, my daughter has just gone to university, and she told me last week how, as part of Freshers Week, uh, she was gaffer-taped to her flatmate around the ankle, and um, they went to just do some research of some local public houses. This is what she told me. Uh, I, I trust her. Um, but anyway, last week, she, she showed me uh, the bruises and the, the, the scab on her ankle where she obviously was not in step with her flatmate. The point is, when we do our own thing and go in a different direction... It's painful. It's awkward. It's irritating. We must submit to his will and his direction. Otherwise, it does become burdensome. As I kind of just close this message, I want to read from um, Matthew, the same passage, but from the message. I just love the way that they've written this um, so Matthew 11 again, it says this. Abruptly, Jesus broke into prayer. Thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth. You've concealed your ways from the sophisticated and know-it-alls, but spell them out clearly to ordinary people. Yes, Father, that's the way you like to work. Jesus resumed talking to the people, but now tenderly. The Father has given me all these things to do and say, 
This is a unique father-son operation, coming out of the father and son intimacies and knowledge. No one knows the son the way the father does, nor the father the way the son does. But I'm not keeping it to myself. I'm ready to go over it in line by line with anyone willing to listen. And this is the bit that I just love. It says, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. My desire is that together, as a family, we all quickly come to him. Receive his yoke, not any other one else's yoke. And then together, learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Let's all walk in the unforced rhythms of grace. No other way, no other rhythm, no other pace or speed, but just to know the Lord Jesus' rhythm of grace in our lives. So as we close, um, maybe we need to respond. Maybe some here feel overwhelmed and inadequate. I encourage you to take his yoke. Come to him. Let's just bow our heads for a moment, actually. I felt actually this morning that there's people here that have got their own man-made ways of working and man-made ways of resting. And they're inadequate. God wants to bring them both together for you to know what it is to work and rest and play under his leading, coming under his yoke. So Holy Spirit, I ask that you would just highlight to these dear folk the reasons why they are burdened and overladen with things and weary. Lord, this is not your way. I pray as we discover how to disciple men and women that it would bring great freedom and joy and lightness to each one of us. That we would be part of the bigger plans that you have for us and we'd, we'd see a glimpse of how you're working. Lord, I pray that we'd learn to feel where the, the yoke is moving, where you're leading us. We'd be sensitive to those promptings of the Holy Spirit. Thank you that it's your work. Thank you that you're the one healing. It's you who rescues and saves people thank you O Lord that you choose to partner with us
I pray each one of us would learn quickly to come to you, to walk alongside you, and to enjoy the exhilarating work of the Father. Amen.